Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tanamojo, who has come out with her hashtag booty for Biden. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Watch Time Podcast. As today, we're going to be tackling a whole bunch of news topics of things going on around the gaming industry. Everything from the US election and how a whole bunch of YouTube influencers and gaming influencers are getting involved in that. We're also going to be talking about David Dobrik and all the crazy things he's up to recently because, I mean, look, let's be honest, he's always up to crazy things, but now it's crazier than ever. And then, last of all, we're going to be talking about some pretty cool and interesting developments in the esports area of gaming. Lots of exciting things to talk about. It's been a pretty, I was going to say busy week, but actually for me, it's been a pretty chill week. How's yours been, Grace? My week has been pretty hectic, actually. We've had, I feel like it's been like campaign season. So a lot of my job is working with brands and the creators that I represent to help them execute campaigns and sponsorships with brands. And it has been like fucking mental the last two months, but that's good. That's why we love it. Um, what about you? You've been uh, streaming a shitload. I've been streaming a ton. I did You've like been putting the hours in. Yeah, I did a nine hour stream on uh Look at on you. Sunday. Streaming, which was great. By the way. Because then I feel like I'm like getting ahead on like what I need to get done for the week. Um but but also like I've genuinely just been enjoying streaming. Like with Among Us, Among Us is making streaming so easy. Like some games you play and like you, you stream for like three hours and it feels like you've been streaming for like yeah. six hours and you're like, ah, Among Us. I remember the first time I did a stream on that. I thought we'd been going for like an hour, hour and a half. I looked down. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're five hours in. And I was like, whoa. So occasionally I feel like when you get a game that's just super fun, super easy to stream, like you, you just got to go for it. Jumping into what I think we were going to kick off talking about. Did you watch the presidential debate on Tuesday? Everyone in the office, like all of us here were just gathered around this little iPad. I don't know why we didn't put it up on one of our 3,800 computer monitors in the office or one of the 14 TVs out there. We decided to put it on an iPad. Everyone was just gathered around it watching it like, oh my God. Literally, for anyone who's watching the podcast who's watched people play Among Us, it is. it was, it was literally that. I was actually triggered. I was actually triggered. When they were like, when they were like, oh, no, 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 no. will you shut the fuck up, man? I was just like, I was like, oh my God, this is actually going to be me in an hour when I'm telling like someone else to shut up and that I'm not the imposter. That was the vibe I got from it. It was chaos. It was chaos. And I feel like it was just fitting and in line with 2020 as a year, as a vibe. It was that. Oh was, my god! That was what it, it was. It's, dude, it was insane. It was like it was also. So I mean, like wild. we're joking, dude. It's crazy. It's like we're joking about it, but it's also kind of sad because the future of the U.S. does rely on the outcome of this. And yeah, I was feeling left, feeling not particularly inspired or excited by. I think anything that came out of that night. I, I think pretty much every news channel put it well. I don't, I don't think even even though every news channel is obviously super partisan, I think both CNN and Fox were both like. Nobody won the debate tonight. 
the only losers <laughs> were the American people. <laughs> that was literally that was literally what I saw both Fox and CNN saying. They're like, no one won, everybody lost, including us. Like, dude, even the moderator did a d did an interview the next day, and he was basically like, yeah, I fucked up. And I was not ready for what that was. Guys, was like, guys, I, I fucked up. I thought say. I thought there were going to be two adults debating. Like, that was my bad. I shouldn't... That that was my bad. Like, obviously, that like, wasn't I, the case. I thought everyone was going to, like, stand by the rules that they agreed to stand by. But, like, obviously I, not. I love the idea of them, like... Because apparently they're changing the rules up for next week. And, like, I love the idea of them just having, like, a mute button. Like, the moderator just being, like... Trump's like, listen up! Inter and then he's like, mute. And you just see Trump going... It definitely had a massive, like, if you were on Twitter that day, it was it was the whole Twitter feed, I felt like. Everyone oh, yeah. was engaged. And I think it definitely says something, you know, for the world that we're in and the podcast that we're doing, which is talking about, like, creators and influencers and um, the impact of, you know, digital youth on the world. And Ooh, I think... What a, what a segue was, by Grace there. <laughs> I'm actually a professional podcaster. I'm a professional segwayer, guys. And not the kind but, that you ride. But it was amazing to see just how many people, young people, were talking about it on Twitter. Because I feel like politics is an area that previously people were like, oh, it's a little bit taboo. I'm not going to get into that because mm. I don't want to polarize my audience. And I think it's been amazing to see how many massive creators uh, you know, whether or not they're saying go like Biden or Trump or whether they're just saying like get out and vote, they're really engaging their audience and yeah. they're saying like, guys, you need to understand that this is a thing that's happening. Don't ignore it. Like, and I think, I think it's amazing to see creators exercising their, um, their influence and their, and in some ways their responsibility, I think. No, it's, it's super, it, it's the same as like when drama happens in the community. Uh, I feel like drama between YouTubers is slightly different, but definitely in politics, it's, it's, it's really weird. And a lot of respect to when, whenever people do come out and they say like, and they do kind of, you know, really push one or, you know, kind of are willing to, sorry, not push people one way or the other, but, you know, just like actually be honest about what their current perspective is. Because the thing is, especially, and I know that like Grace and I talk about this a lot, Australia in politics is quite chill don't get me wrong like everyone hates their politicians and australia is no different but like in australia you could be like oh i'm polarized. yeah it, it, you can be like oh i'm on this party i'm on this party and people are like okay cool like i i think that that party isn't like you know doing as good but like whatever like you're not going to actually have fights over it whereas like in, in america like it, you could uh, like I, i've seen people like a youtuber will make a tweet being like Guys, just want you to say, like, I really think that, you know, you should be voting to push Trump out and get Biden in. And you'll have someone reply, be like, hi, I've watched your channel and enjoyed your content for eight years. Now I will be unsubscribing and never watching you again. And you're just like, Casey Neistat. Whoa, okay. 100%. It's crazy. It's just like, like it's like, okay, like your your political, uh, you know, aligning, like, I don't know, for me at least, if I like your content, I like your content, whatever. I can separate, I can separate those two things um yeah. but yeah it is wild to me how in america i feel like i feel like families will fall apart people will you know uh, like abandon youtubers they've watched for 10 years like just it so, so which means that when you're a youtuber if you make a statement like hi i believe x y and z uh, like look be honest like if you're 
say YouTube comes out and says, I support Biden. Realistically, they're not going to gain any followers from that. Like, that that's no. just like, you, like you, you're never going to gain when you align with a certain party, but you will definitely lose. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, kind of like it's a, it's a big move whenever someone is actually, you know, kind of gutsy enough to do that. But that's why I think, yeah, like what we were saying, a lot of YouTubers, whether or not they're, um, you know, kind of willing to come out and say, I'm, you know, lib I'm, I'm Democrat or Republican. A lot of them are coming out and just saying register to vote. And I think it is insane the examples that we've seen even just over the last 48 hours of yeah. the influence that these people have. And I think it says so much. I mean, like you could take this and run with it and it's an example for the future of how much like when creators say to their audience, like, hey, do something, people take action. So the two examples I'm really thinking of is Kylie Jenner did an Instagram post I think 24 hours ago when we we're recording this, basically telling people to vote and apparently vote.org in the one hour after she posted that saw a 1500% increase in traffic on the site, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and then David Dobrik is giving away five Teslas to people that show that they voted, which is like just the most David way ever to like encourage crowd. people to vote encourage people to vote and then the one that i love the most is um tana mojo who has come out with her hashtag booty for biden um and she's sending people a nude if on only fans if they show that they voted for biden which i think is like insane and while that might not be for everyone wouldn't be for me um, I think you have to respect that young people and young creators are, are willing to creators. manipulate their vote for nudes. Oh, but sorry, you know what creative? I mean? Like yeah, they know that. they know how to speak to people. Like they know what <laughs> with people... with nudes. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, but it's I don't think it's the nudes that's actually the thing. I think it's nudes the fact that she's and like Teslas. On nudes it. and Teslas. You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't restrict us. I think it's the fact that they like, let's see, Elliot, this is meant to be an intellectual perspective on social media <laughs> topics and get off. I, but I, I think it's amazing that these young people, they know how to mobilize an audience. They know how to like touch on what's culturally sensitive at the moment and, and speak to people in a way that makes people listen. Yeah. Interesting thought. Not trying to take us off topic here. Is it, That'd be unlike you. Is it legal? to say, I will give you something if you show you voted for this party. Really random. But imagine, like, it, it, is that any different to if a party yeah, came out? Yeah, you can't pay people. Yeah, yeah, like, if I came out and I said, everyone who sends me a photo showing they voted Biden, I'm going to send you $5. Essentially, you're buying votes at that stage. And is that... Mm. And, and obviously, like a, like, a nude isn't cash, but it's still kind of like... How much is the nude worth? Like, I totally understand the ones that are like, register to vote for your chance to win a Tesla. Register to vote, just get involved in the process. But specifically yes. being like this party, da da da. It's a good point. It's a good just point. A thought. I'm not sure. Just a thought. Are these illegal? Are these illegal nudes? Are these are these nudes? Can they even be given out legally? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to do a little investigation on that one. I'm actually not sure, but it's a good point. But I think it definitely, yeah. To me, it just says something for. 
I think one, it's incredible that young people are highly engaged in politics and using their audience to encourage other people to do the same. And I think it's amazing just the way that these people know how to speak to an audience. They're not, you know, saying, hey, guys, like tune in to watch the debate or anything and then make up your mind and decide. It's like they just know how to communicate that, which I think is like super unique. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And obviously, like, the, the level of success they've had is crazy. Like, I think the, um, I forget the name of the group that David partnered with on his activation when he was giving away the five Teslas, but they were like, this is literally the single biggest celebrity voter registration activation ever, full stop. It was like within the first two days is something like a quarter of a million new registered voters, which you think, yeah. and, and the thing is like, what, what blows my mind, what I think is so insane is you think about what voter participation, and I'm probably going to be so wrong on this number, but voter participation in the US is roughly like 60% from memory, roughly, I give or minus 10. Lower. Yeah. Um, but, but roughly whatever. So say, say there's 200 million people who are of age to vote, a hundred million of those people actually do vote. Um, am I wrong yeah. on those population numbers? I could be, whatever. Um, but There's but 330 in the US. Okay, okay. We'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll say 200 for, 200 for ease of, of numbers. Um, that, you know, like literally if 100 million people are voting in the US by getting an extra, you know, half a million people to vote, which has happened just between David and Kylie Jenner, if not more, yeah. that will continue to happen over, let's yeah. round that up to a million. They have shifted the between the two of them they have shifted the like number of voting americans by one percent and when you think about again a lot of the time these elections come down to margins of 49.5 to 50.5 like literally they come yeah. down to half percent margins you have two people alone not talking about all the other influences or the other people shifting the total number of voting americans by one percent that is huge that is massive especially Especially when you think about the fact that the the audience that they're engaging is an audience that is underrepresented yeah. at elections, and Oftentimes, would probably and would probably typically be more liberal. Like just saying, younger demographics yes. tend to probably be more liberal aligned. So, in terms of the impact that it's having on benefiting the Liberal Party, huge. Sorry, yeah. the, Dem the Democrats. I'm getting my yeah Australian yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's insane. It literally has the the ability to shift the outcome of an yeah. election. It's in it's it's. I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing. Actually, I'm quite inspired by it. Yeah, like like I literally and I, okay, at this point maybe I'm getting carried away. But say that you know doing like when a president when that presidential debate happened, it would probably sway the overall vote by half a percent, maybe one but probably not literally by what these two people did by getting people to vote they arguably had a bigger impact on the election than that entire presidential debate which is absolutely insane um yeah which yeah i mean david's power knows no bounds this okay like, i know people in the comments always come and are like oh you guys like are just talking about david dobrik all the time it's because he is an enigma. His I don't ability. Know if there is another creator that is able to do what he does to the extent that he does it. His ability to engage his audience and actually get them to do stuff is literally unmatched. Like, uh, like uh, I think what what blows my mind the most 
is like he, him as a channel like has you know up until a few months ago he had say 15 million subscribers up like a year or a year or two ago like i had more subscribers than david but like literally he's his channel has you know say 50 percent more subscribers than mine does but i am not even on the same ethereal plane in him as him in terms of his size and his value and his magnitude as a youtuber like there is no way i could get like a quarter of a million people to register to vote i could maybe get like five thousand ten thousand but he with a, a following that is like you know percentage-wise 50 like 50 percent to double is able to get literally hundreds times more to actually do what he tells them to do and sure part of that you can say is because oh he's giving away teslas but also people just do what he do people what he says love him yeah do it yeah people love him and he's so shit yeah it's actually insane <laughs> he's like, so shit like, let's crop that out and send really. that to david I mean, like, tag him on twitter let grace know <laughs> let, let him know that grace hates him please don't do that i'm such a fan no um i mean people always say like oh you guys are always talking about david it's because he is he is seriously unique i can think of no one else in the world that has the ability to do what he does maybe a mr beast on some I, level but yeah not quiet like david hasn't uploaded on youtube in six months and he's now one of the biggest people on tiktok his twitter engagement is off the chart his instagram is off the chart he's still doing the most insane brand deals without even his main platform to sell them against it is it is unbelievable um what he's doing and i think like he if i could buy stock in a youtuber he's one of the ones that i would be going yeah. I, yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason we probably spend more time talking about people like David Dobrik and Mr. Beast than anyone is because I think those people are at the forefront of YouTube. And I think obviously we're gonna go back and talk a bit more about David. But even like you know Mr. Beast these days, like his 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 videos are literally like TV quality game shows now, like that or, or even better. Honestly, I find them way more engaging and also. Less I find that. Mr. Beast is raising the bar on himself every single week and no one is even keeping up. Okay. People are falling behind. I, I think he is he is widening the gap between him and every other creator that's trying to do stuff on YouTube literally by the week. Yeah, and 100%. And that's because he actually is like constantly driving himself to improve. I forget if I mentioned this on yeah. the podcast. I think I told you. Um, but I don't know if you remember like, like five weeks ago, six or even more, maybe it might've been like two or three months ago. Now, uh, we were talking about like channels that have that X factor. And I mentioned that, um, you know, there were certain channels that I thought, you know, did really high quality content. And then ones that just went so big on their ideas and had their, like the metagaming down so well that they did well. And I said that I thought Mr. Beast, his content was like, you know, like good, but not incredible. Um, and that but obviously he was still successful because of all the other factors and he literally dm'd me like uh after watching that and he was like hey man like wondering if you could like put together some thoughts and write up you know like why you know like w what you think about the content i could improve like what's better Fuck, what's I worse and i literally uh, because like i i hadn't actually been watching him recently because i was watching all the old videos where it used to be like oh last one to leave the circle wins 100 grand and i remember those videos actually used to be 
you know, like it would kind of be like everyone's in a circle and then it would be like 20 minutes of just like randomness and then eventually someone would win. Whereas now these days, it's just like engagement, 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 like bam, video's opening. We're giving away $50,000 diamond or $100,000 check. Which one do you want? Bam, you want that one? Okay, good. Next one. And then they just move on. It's a thing, thing, thing. And I literally wrote back to it. I was yeah. like, I was like, dude, I was so wrong. Holy crap. Your content is like out of control these days. And like going back, yeah. I, I cannot, I cannot fault the guy. Sorry, but anyway. But how good is that? It's that obsession. It's that obsession with improvement. Yeah. It's the fact that the biggest YouTuber on the platform, or I would I would say like one of the yeah. top five for sure, he is, is, one is listening to a podcast that would critique him. One doesn't take that criticism and say, whatever, I have 20 times more viewers than you do. Like, <laughs> what do you know? He takes the time to message you and be like, Give me your feedback. How do you think I can improve? Like, that is so, that's why he is where he is. It's because he's obsessed with improvement. Yeah. And I. Obsessed with improvement um, and always just yeah. trying to find like, yeah, the next way to go bigger, better, crazier. Like I remember, yeah. you know, two years ago, like a crazy Mr. Beast video was him giving away like 10, 20 grand in like, you know, doing red cup uh, beer pong type shots like at a college yeah. and everyone be like oh my god he just gave away like $500 in one cup that's crazy whereas um, now it's already like video opens $100,000 bam there you go alright moving on like that, that happens in the first 30 seconds it's insane yeah. it's absolutely insane um, but yeah anyway I, I don't want to get too off the uh, the core topic of well actually I guess it's still in the same vein it's driving yourself to be bigger and better and keep on building and I think that you know obviously we've we've gone over Mr Beast but David Dobrik to uh, go back to our, our second YouTuber we love to simp for um, <laughs> has uh, he's 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 doing some big big moves at the moment on like a lot of different yeah. fronts I think he launched a he fragrance yes. He's launching a fragrance tomorrow, which I think is super interesting. Which is really going to screw up the launch of Scent de Muselk that I was about to actually put out <laughs> on the market. But uh, it's fine. We'll just delay that. I don't know if that. anyone would want to buy that one. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah, look, I've got to be honest. You don't want it. <laughs> the scent of a gamer. <laughs> After eight hours of Fortnite streaming. <laughs> Ew. Um, no, but I think fragrances is a super interesting thing. And I think it is obviously another notch in david's belt of products that he's trying um other creators ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Creators have tried coming out with fragrances in the last year and have seen massive success with them. I think really? Mojo, to meet her, yeah, bring her up again. She sold out of her fragrance in like two minutes or something, I think, which is crazy. Um, and traditionally, fragrances have been a really successful product line for celebrities. Um, yeah, I mean, Ariana Grande, uh, Paris Hilton has made literally millions of dollars off her fragrances. Um, Britney Spears is still making millions off her fragrances, or at least her estate is, hashtag free Britney. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, I, I think, I mean, 
I, I think it's an interesting move for David, given he's a guy. Like, I'm not even quite sure right now if it's a fragrance for men or women. Mm. But I just admire so much how he has this appetite for doing more at the moment. And he's trying so many things. Like, he's trying his David's Disposable app, which it looks like they're putting a lot of effort into growing at the moment. Um, he's not even doing YouTube, but I think putting the effort into, yeah, ex- sort of expand and become more multi-platform than he ever has before. Yeah, 100%. I, I think like what, what, he's, what he's building and what he's doing is just crazy. And I think it's, it's so interesting seeing how, and once again, we have, we have gone vaguely over this topic before, but just, I don't know, different, different YouTubers, like a lot of different channels are doing very big things, but it's always interesting seeing how, like where they invest that time and where they, you know, kind of think their, their value is best spent. And obviously you've got people like, uh, Mr. Beast who are very much strongly investing in that content and doing, and not, not, they're not doing stuff outside that, but I'd say that's their focus. And then on David, he hasn't posted a video in, I'm, I need, yeah, he, he hasn't posted a video in six months. Most people, if they don't post for six months, they become irrelevant. You can't just not post for six months. That's not how this works. But David yeah. cannot post for six months and be just still fully relevant. Um, and is... why Why is that? I think it's because he's spent so much time building himself out on other platforms. He's more than a YouTuber. Yeah. And also he is a YouTuber that's like, you can't just say, oh, David, stop posting. I'll go to my, in my second rate David Dobrik or, you know, my David Dobrik, you know, kind of doppelganger, similar content style. Like there are a lot of people who try, but I don't think anyone really nails the emulating of David. Um, but yeah, like all the- all that's, the- that's unique in and of itself, because I think for a lot of creators, what their relationship with YouTube is that they're basically renting space from YouTube. Like YouTube saying, here, have a channel and you can upload what you want on it. Yeah. David is not renting space on YouTube. Maybe he is in terms of just his channel alone, but his channel is now just one of so many aspects of his brand. And yeah, I don't know. I'd be keen to hear from anyone in the comments who you think has done that to a similar similar extent or other people you think are going to do it. But um, for me, he's just, he's just, God tier on that. Do do you think his uh, social network slash camera app will be a success? So tell me about this because I downloaded the app. I thought it was like Wait, it's good, out? pretty basic. Oh well, he he released a first version of David's Disposables, which was very similar to an app called Huji, in my opinion, which basically like gives um, gives photos a disposable effect, but. He clearly is doing something else with it. So what what's yeah. he doing, Elliot? I, I haven't even tuned in on this. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. So obviously there was that Instagram account that he had called David's Disposables, where it was photos he took on a disposable camera, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, and then I think he turned that into an app where you basically take a photo on your camera and it kind of gives it a disposable vibe. What do you have to like wait 10 minutes to actually see what photo was taken or something like that? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and then, uh, and you know, it puts like a bit of a filter on it, whatever, which is kind of like a cool, cute thing, but not a whole yeah. thing in itself. But uh, from what I've heard since then, uh, David is actually partnering with some pretty big Silicon Valley developer type people, bringing on like ex-CEOs of like big, big companies. And I think they're about to do their first uh, round of funding. 
um, like to raise like millions and millions of dollars because I believe there is something in the works of launching something of a social network like whether or not that is going to be like more an instagram adaption of david's disposable so kind of just building on that whole disposable thing with taking photos and making them more meaningful or whether or not it's going to go somewhere else but long story short he is apparently building out a app slash instagrammy type snapchatty competitor that's so sick that's so sick okay so it's cool but here is my only uh I don't want to say Criticism? worry. Well, not worry, but but just like uh, you know, I feel like you know, Devil's learn, advocate. learn, learn from history, or you're doomed to repeat it. Uh, Casey Neistat was a very, very big YouTuber. Yeah, he too thought that photos were becoming a bit too filtered and casual and not meaningful. He made an app called Beam, where you literally have to like hold your phone here. You can't really see what you're filming. Very similar to a disposable. You take it, you film it, and you don't really get to see what it is. You can't frame it perfectly or whatever. Um, and that obviously was like cool and interesting, but ultimately a bit of a gimmick and people didn't really engage with it. Casey was a huge creator. He still is, but he was probably like, he was at his prime back when Beam yeah, launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, David is a huge creator. They're both very similar in terms of what they're trying to do. Once again, maybe this whole social media thing he's launching is, is totally different. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's kind of sad, but everyone always talks a lot every single day. I mean, oh, you know, social media is ruining us. Like we're all becoming too disengaged. Nothing special anymore. Everything's fake. And everyone's like, yeah, this is a real problem. And then it's like, yeah, but also like, are you going to do anything about it? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we need to do stuff. Like, okay, cool. Here's an app that like, kind of like solves that problem. Like, but I don't look as good without my, yeah, but literally, but like, but like, but where's the filter button? You know, it's like people are actually, people, people know that like that Instagram and filters and all the fakeness and all the bullshit is bad, but people also don't, I, I don't think at least people, people don't have the ability almost to release themselves from the clutch that is modern day social media. Like people will like uh, at the end of the day, People do care now and you can't put the genie back in the bottle. People care about their image. And ultimately, it's literally like an arms race. If you've got one friend over here who is taking a photo of themselves out on the weekend and doing some very like fine little tuning, smoothing out some lines, making themselves look a little bit more perfect and a little bit better. And um, and then putting that up on, you know, their social media being like, hi guys, this is my weekend. Look how beautiful I look. You are then not going to be like, well, on principle, I'm going to use the camera that, sure, doesn't make me look as pretty, reveals a lot more flaws. Like, sure, there are some people out there who absolutely will do that and they don't uh, necessarily invest in all the, you know, social bullshit. But for for most people now, they're kind of, they're, they're trapped in that, um, that sense of, you know, needing to be, you know, kind of at that level. And you can't yeah. really go back. I feel like... I feel like you're a little cynical and I feel like that kind of got off track of David's app. I feel like David No, no, it's talking about why knows... Yeah, why yeah. why if he's building on that disposable app, which is very much right. like authentic photos, that if if his idea for a social media is building off that disposable app, which is very similar to Beam in the sense that it's very uh, you know, kind raw. of raw, that ultimately I I don't know. I I, I think that I, I think it's a lovely idea. 
but I do, and I think it's an amazing idea, and I think that it would be a much healthier way to consume social media, but I don't necessarily think it's a success. Mm-hmm. I think it will remain to be seen. I feel like David gets the gets the social pulse pretty well, and I feel like he'll have the right people around him to come out with something that won't... I, I think he'll have learnt from the beams. He's friends with Casey, so I feel like I'm sure they'll they'll share notes. Um, but I think, I, I think... I think it's overall, it's exciting regardless, like whether or not these projects are massive successes or not, the fact that there are these people that are pushing things forward and trying new things in the first place is, is literally pushing the boundaries for what's going to come. Like before you see people do things really successfully, there'll be people that tried iterations of it to a less successful extent. And if that's what's happening right now and these are the results that people are seeing, then everything everything good is yet to come, which is why I think it's a super exciting place to be. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. I think um I, I don't get me wrong, I want it to succeed so bad. I just like it actually almost like it breaks my heart seeing these people who are no, 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 but, but, but like not breaks my heart, it's a bit melodramatic, but I think it's kind of sad, you know, you see people who are identifying this problem, which is, you know, kind of social media having a lot of negative downsides and they try and create something to, uh, you know, kind of help alleviate that. But by its very nature, the problem is that social media is addictive and corruptive and how we affect our own self image, but that is also addictive, hence why people don't want to leave it. Um, so I feel like you got to get some stuff off your chest this week, Elliot. You okay? No, gonna, well, I, I it's because I watched the social dilemma. I watched the social dilemma Finally. on Netflix. Okay, far out. All right, there you go. It's out. It's out in the open. I watched it, <laughs> and now I'm depressed. And social media is going to ruin the very fabric of society, and we're all doomed, and it's all over. Next topic. <laughs> Elliot's like, I quit YouTube yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I think the last thing we were going to talk about was, and it kind of leads on from that, but creator diversification. This week, I feel like we've seen like three big creators come out announcing podcasts. A bunch of the big TikTokers have come out announcing they're doing podcasts. And um, one of them that's sort of been making the most headlines has been Bryce Hall, who's teamed up with an investor to release their podcast called, uh, what's it called? Creator Academy, I think. Um and it's been fairly successful for the first two episodes they've uploaded. And he's copped a little bit of hate for release for releasing a business podcast when I guess he's a TikToker. But I think um, I think for me, I find this super interesting. And I've had seen some questions on Twitter and a couple of people messaged me being like, why is everyone doing podcasts? Like, what is the value out they, there? They saw and watch think, time. They saw watch time and they all thought, yeah. wow, I want to be like they them. They were like... <laughs> um, No, but I think it goes back to that point around diversification, which is really interesting. And then I think it's like a very big positioning piece as well. I think for a lot of these TikTokers, they're perhaps noticing that maybe they don't want to get stuck in a pigeonhole of being a TikToker. And so diversifying and diversifying quickly across multiple platforms is a really good way to combat that and to position themselves as well. So regardless of whether or not they're going to make a shit ton of money from doing a podcast, it's more a positioning piece where it's like, now it's not just like Bryce Hall, the TikToker, it's Bryce Hall, the TikToker, who also has an investment podcast. And it just adds a level of complexity to his public image, um, which I think is probably exactly what he's going after. Also, it's fun. Like, I think 
a lot of the time podcasts is a really cool creative outlet to talk about stuff that you literally normally couldn't like i can't go on my channel and really be talking about like gaming industry news but that said it's a topic that i'm really fascinated in and i love ranting on various things and that is what makes it so fun to do this podcast because i can just go out there and be like and, and rant on social media apps for, for 10 minutes and and that's a thing um yeah i don't know yeah i think it's a it's also just a cool way i think to just get diversity in whatever you're doing at the time yeah and i think it in, i mean i think on like a softer skill set as well it probably makes you feel more comfortable public speaking it encourages you to think a little bit wider and deeper on certain things and um, it's certainly a really good relationship building platform as well. Like I feel like we've been able to have some really interesting conversations with interesting people that we might not have otherwise because um, we've had the podcast and it's been so lovely to get so many messages from people that I work with in the industry or that I'd love to work with in the industry saying that like they've seen the podcast or they've watched Watch Time or yeah. um, wanting to chat about something that we talk about. And, um, and I think that's super cool. Yeah, it's so cool um yeah all right final topic what's the final topic i thought that was the final topic optic hex oh damn holy moly this is the final topic you... guys there is some this is breaking news. should i should i, I give i should give i should say... give the optic hex backstory first because i feel Absolutely. like not, not everyone is totally please familiar. give it to us and even i'll probably get a couple of bits in this wrong long story short optic hex was one of the uh founders or he was the founder one of the founders the founder of a group called optic which was one of the og 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 call of duty uh kind of like trick shop groups that probably probably hit it's like absolute prime in like the modern warfare era like modern warfare 2 um that or at least in my life that's when they were the biggest um and that's all that matters but um yeah since then uh they kind of you know developed a lot of uh kind of esport teams and they had you know competed in call of duty and i think a few other games so then about a year a year and a half ago there were a lot of rumors going around that optic was in a bit of financial trouble and they ended up selling to immortals for a hundred million dollars about a year ago now uh then optic hex was offered a role with energy basically becoming like a, a ceo or a co-ceo of energy he was given equity in energy and since then he's obviously been helping participating in content i'm guessing doing a lot of strategy stuff behind the scenes mm -hmm. but basically he's now huntsman yeah exactly he's now he's now and obviously lending a lot of credit credibility to energy as an org because optic hex Absolutely. is one of the og ogs um but then uh since then there has been some developments in the last day or two which grace i'll let you take it from here so today this is super interesting so as elliot said hex is now very much energy hex um co-ceo with andy miller who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago and um in some news that broke today, apparently Hex in an independent capacity, so not in relation to what he's doing with energy, is in talks or has agreed to buy back Optic Gaming. So this is super Confusing. And I think this has literally only come out in the last few hours, so I, I'm going to be fascinated to see where this goes. Um, but Optic... Um, is apparently going back to Hex. Now, what makes this particularly interesting is that Optic has an option for the CDL League, which is the pro, the pro Call of Duty League um, globally. 
What is interesting about where Hex is at right now is that Hex is a co-CEO and has ownership in the Huntsman, which is another COD team. Through energy. Under the rules, through energy. Under the rules, you're not allowed to own two. So although Hex is wanting, or it seems as though he's buying back Optic, he wouldn't be able to have the CDL team or the option to have a team that is associated with with Optic right now. Therefore, it is a parent that he wants to divest that team he wants to um he plans to get rid of that team and then what will he do with the actual optic brand and what even is the optic brand without it no one's quite sure yet what it seems like is potentially possible which is fascinating is that he would sell the option for the cdl slot to hundred thieves and his friend nature who opt 100 Thieves. Um, we had Jackson Dahl on the podcast a few weeks ago, who interestingly enough, I was thinking about this today, uh, didn't really want to go into the financials or topics about COD teams, but it's possible. And this is again, like totally um, speculation at the moment that, um, that Hex would sell that option to 100 Thieves and 100 Thieves would then have their CDL slot. So this I think is fascinating. Um, and then what what Hex would do with Optic, and given the fact that Hex is very much part of Energy now and the Huntsman, um, remains to be seen. But it's yeah. definitely a super interesting step in esports world. Overall, super confusing. It seems like, and and ultimately, once again, I, I I could totally be missing things here, but I don't think there would be a ton of value left in Optic outside of the Call of Duty franchise. So literally, it could be a case where he comes in buys it sells the cod franchise and then kind of like optic is kind of retired as a brand um but why would he do this is what i want to know that, why would I, he I agree. do that Num- number one if because if hundred thieves wanted the team why wouldn't they have just bought optic that what well, okay See, that, i yeah, feel yeah, like there's I something agree. that there's something in there like hex must want to do something with the optic branding otherwise I, yeah. Fully, yeah, I Why fully agree. Middleman? Yeah, I fully agree. It's like it doesn't make sense to sell the company to Hex just for Hex to sell it to uh, 100 Thieves. Like there, there's something weird going on here. I don't know. And also like, yeah, if, if the COD team was the play, there are other ways to go about doing it. I, I don't know. I, I think honestly right now it is interesting. I, I really wish. I feel like normally I've, I've got some good like speculation on what it could all mean. But I feel like the real nitty gritty of esports is so it's very like smoke and mirrors like you don't really know what what orgs are thinking or or what is happening behind the scenes because a lot of the time and i don't mean this as a dig but a lot of the time literally the decisions that don't get made the sorry the decisions that get made don't make sense at least to like unless you're like in that because most orgs don't act on uh like you know short-term financial logic a lot of the time you're you're yeah. making loss leading decisions to try and hopefully in the future recoup and, and play some kind of long-term strategy. So, and obviously once again, it's untrodden ground. So there is no, mm-hmm. there is no rule book on how to be an esports org. So what these orgs do no. next to try and kind of break through and get more traction, you don't really know until it happens. Um, I so- also think it's really interesting that 100 Thieves made pretty public their reasoning not to get into the CDL uh, at the start of the season, basically 
um, stating that it was crazy expensive and it was too expensive and they couldn't see the return on the investment. So it'll be fascinating when this hopefully plays out over the next few weeks to understand if there was a change of heart there uh, or we could be wrong and it might not be going to Hunter Thieves at all. Um, but I think it is... I think this is a really interesting move. I think if, if any of you guys listening have any thoughts or ideas on what you think is going to happen, like please tell us below because as Elliot said, I think we're just speculating right now and it's hard to know exactly um, how it's going to play out. But I, I think it's, yeah, very interesting. It is going to be very, very interesting. But obviously keep watching this space we'll be right back on the podcast as soon as we get news about what he did and yes. what the plan is or if we get any juicy juicy leaks yeah um, i want to know how much i want to know the yeah, deal I want all the details tell me the dollars tell yeah. me the cents yeah 100 yeah. no, percent. all right well thank you guys so much for watching this week's episode remember to subscribe follow do all the things and we'll see you guys next week bye-bye bye-bye 